Welcome to Hillside Community Church. Some faces I've not seen for a while, so this is exciting to see faces. Um, we're gonna, I'm, I'm trying to fill a little time because of the video we're showing today we realized is not working. And so the guy leading worship is trying to fix it right now. So we're in that kind of holding pattern. But while, while, while we're doing that, um, just a couple of announcements to make. For those of you who don't know, business meeting went well. The budget was officially passed, and that's exciting for us to be moving into this new season of 2021. I think it was just a fun celebration of all the things that we have been able to see in 2020. I know we hear a lot about just the difficulties of what we've had to manage through, and yet we've seen this church grow. We've seen ministries continue and lives impacted by the gospel of Jesus. And that was a great reflection in that business meeting of, of really who we are and where we continue to go. Um, but as we move forward, it's gonna take a lot of very focused energy to make sure that we continue to move where we need to move as a church for 2021. Because uh, we don't wanna stop. This, this whole series that we're in right now, having a heart for the lost, evangelism and the apologetics, it's important because people need to know who Jesus is. I, I can't imagine going through everything that people are going through without the hope that Jesus brings. And so as we go forward, that's really the gist of where we want to be as a congregation, the things that we're teaching on one, so that we understand it, so that we're passionate about it, as Gus said, so that we can look at people and not um, have contempt towards folks that are in sin or dealing with sin, but have compassion and say, you know what, we, we've got answers here. And the answer is found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we want to make sure that as we move forward, that never changes and really start looking creatively for new opportunities to really reach out and let folks know who Jesus is in your life. Only one announcement, we've got women's ministry that's starting up on Monday nights from six to seven. It is a Zoom platform, so you're still able to join that if you've not joined it already. Uh, the links are in the Bible app, which is what we're currently using for our, for our everything right now. So if you want information, make sure you go to the Bible app, download that. You can find Hillside on the map function. Just click it, it'll give all the announcements and everything that's going on so that you can keep track of what's happening in and around us. Um, today's communion Sunday. For those of you who are at home, make sure you probably go and grab your, your bread and your juice now and make sure you're ready for communion that we're gonna take later on in our service. Well, let me pray for us, because Mike's now, he's here. Yeah, just, I just, he's running around. Are you out of breath? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> he's just gotta catch his breath for a second. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are our God and that you show up in the midst of everything. I just even talking to Heather this morning, just being reminded that you are a God that heals, a God of reconciliation and a God of hope. Father, there's a lot of us that just have stuff that goes on in our lives and I'm thankful that we can come here, that we can be reminded through communion of the power of the cross, the blood that was shed, that we can just step into that life and live in the identity of what it means to be committed followers of Jesus. So today as we hear a testimony about lives being impacted and changed, I'm excited for us to be reminded of the changes, Jesus, that, that have happened in our lives, but also to, to push us all forward um, to hearts of repentance, to things that may, maybe you're clouding our lives right now that just need to be turned away from and that we would turn to you, Jesus. Pray these things in your name. Amen.
Let's uh, stand and start with this song. Let's just be conscious of, of what we're singing here and starting our Sunday with this song, declaring our, um, our values and our priorities. Let's sing, Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Sing that again. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before. in love you're rich in love and you're slow to anger your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness I will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart to Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, worship Your holy name. 
you more than anything and God in the areas that we don't I just pray for that passion that you gave us to be ignited that desire to be deepened and strengthened 
that we would long for you more than anything else. God, I thank you for your promise to never give up. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find us again. It doesn't exist. So I thank you for your grace, for your forgiveness. And we say there's nothing better than you, God. So go before us today, have your way, be glorified, move in in power in this place, online. I pray that your spirit would touch our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. We are going to have communion today together, and then uh, we got a video we're going to be showing, but Pete and I are going to share this time, so. Thanks, Thanks, Gus, for letting me share this time. And so this is uh, communion. It's uh, a time when we remember um, Jesus' sacrifice for us, um, his blood uh, covering our sin, um, which through our faith gives us salvation and makes us appear righteous before uh, and in front of God. So just me personally, I use this time to just give thanks for the changes uh, that have happened in my life um, since I became a believer uh, and to realize the enormity of his sacrifice for me uh, and for all of us uh, and to remember that um, in this uh, we have news, we have this good news, this message, this uh, gift of salvation that that we need to share with with others. who are part of our lives that we come into contact with. Um, I have been thinking a lot about uh, my family. You know, we're going back to England soon, and we know our family needs us to be with them. Um, But in particular, there's one member of our extended family who's in a particularly dark place right now. Um, We've been praying for her a lot. It's it's really difficult because we can't physically talk to her and be with her, so we've been praying for her. but we're just reminded that there's no sin so great or place so dark that um, God can't shed his light on that and, and redeem it. So. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Matthew 22, I mean Luke 22, um, just want to share a couple of thoughts. And really the hope of communion, um, just really just preparing today, I realize so often you can miss things and communion passages that are there and just want to read a couple thoughts if if you do have your Bibles open or your phones on or wherever that is Um, Luke 22 it starts in verse 14 kind of the context of the passage this is when the hour had come he reclined at the table and the apostles were with him and he said to him I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer He's starting to make reference towards this is a time when he's going to be crucified soon after this. And I say to you, I shall never eat again, eat until it's been fulfilled in the kingdom of God. 
And then he had taken a cup and he gave thanks. And he said, this, take this and share this among yourselves, which is a tradition of the Jews at that time, to share a meal. And that was part of it. Uh, uh, but but I, want, I want to kind of move forward a little bit, something that could be missed. So after communion, uh, after they've experienced this profound communion with them, uh, and he tells them that somebody's going to betray him. Now you can imagine how vulnerable a moment that was for Jesus. I mean, invested his life for three years, and these were close friends. And people don't realize that, you know, they didn't know it was Judas because Jesus treated Judas just the way he treated everybody else. They couldn't tell the difference, because that's how Jesus loves. Uh, but so they kind of go through that a little bit. There's a little struggle going on. They're kind of worried that they're not the one. And, and then the next conversation comes up. It's really an amazing conversation that you just can't believe took place, but it did. And it says in verse 24, and there arose among those a dispute among which would be the regarded as the greatest. So the disciples go from Jesus just being vulnerable with them to arguing on who's the greatest of them. You can't, I just can't imagine just how hurtful that must have been to our Lord. Uh, and so Jesus kind of addresses that in verse 28. He says, you are those who have stood with me in my trials. And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he says this assignment. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. For I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you once have returned again, strengthen your brothers. What he's basically saying to Peter at this point is you're going to betray me in the next hours. And he said, I want to remind you about communion. I, I really think this is the context here is communion. And he's saying, when you come back to me, when you understand you're forgiven for this, Encourage other people with that. That's the hope of this table. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter what decisions we've made. We have hope to come to the table that things are right. He makes them right. We, we can get right and start all over. I've always said this is kind of my start over day. You know, you get a chance to just say, whatever's been there, give it to the Lord. And this is our chance to remember his profound forgiveness. And be that an encouragement to others. Don't look at other people like, can't believe you could do that because we all could do it and we've all found this profound forgiveness so as we take communion think about that this hope it is for us but it's a hope for other people also um, so if you have the bread it says in verse 19 and when he had taken some bread he gave thanks and we give thanks and he broke it and gave it to him saying this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me this is a reminder that this was his life for our life. He, he gave his life for ours. Let's take it together. In the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup is poured out for you. Is the new covenant of my blood. Again, this reminder that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It had to be. He had to shed his blood. That's what covers our sins. Um, and that's the hope we have, that we are new and we're right with God because of what Jesus did. Let's take this together. I hope that 
communion encourages you like it does me. As I said, it's something I don't want to ever take for granted. We have a video we're going to show, uh, which I, I think is pretty... Here you go. <laughs> and I wanted to introduce it a little bit. I actually had to write some words because I was kind of afraid I might get a little emotional. Uh, it's, it's, it's really the testimony of Pete here and his wife, Tracy, uh, two people who have been part of our church for a number of years. And uh, they're two of the kindest and most amazing people that I know. Uh, they have lived out the vision of our church. You know, when we talk about being devoted followers, uh, and loving people where God has sovereignly put them in our lives, they are, they are examples of it. They are, it's, it's, it's been so awesome to watch. Uh, when somebody walks in our doors and turns their lives to Christ, and then Christ takes over their lives and starts to do things, this is the picture that I see in my mind, is people who live out their faith. Uh, they have been a blessing to our community. They've been an amazing blessing to their own family. I've watched them just, become, you know, just be the kind of parents that just honors God. Be the kind of grandparents that are just amazing. They're, God sent them back, and I, I really believe partly just that they would be the shepherds of their family back there. I think their family really needs them right now. We don't want them to go, but we understand. Um, so... This is part of what this video is about, but just on a personal note, and I gotta say this too, is I've become this big soccer fan. West Ham, I, the Premier League, especially just because of Pete, you know, uh, who is and has been one of the best friends I've had in my entire life, which some of you know is a long time. I spent a long time, a lot of years on this earth. He has just been this unbelievable friend, and I've had this privilege of hanging with him a lot and watching him, he's just this amazing, teachable man who treats others the way he wants to be treated. Boy, if I could say anything about somebody, I don't know if there's a greater compliment that I could give you, Pete, than I watch you do that for people. They just feel so comfortable, a sincere and a genuine man of God. So that being said, enjoy their testimony. Hi, um, we're uh, Peter and Tracy Strange. Um, we've been coming to Hillside for 10 years, more than 10 years, 10 years uh, right? now, and um, we're going to share uh, our testimony with you. I've got to do this in one take, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so we were both born in the UK, 56 years ago approximately. Um, we both uh, grew up in, in similar parts of London um, and we both went to the same high school. My parents um, were Christian. My mother was the one that, that you know, taught us Bible stories and talked to us about scripture and, and she was, you know, she prayed and things like that, but we didn't, as a family, we didn't go to church. Really, some of my other church experiences were, were kind of sporadic. Uh, I went to a Sunday school. Uh, one of my neighbours took me to a Sunday school when I was about 11 um, for a couple of years. And I was in the Boy Scouts and so um, used to go 
church occasionally uh, as part of that. But um, we, other than that, I, I, you know, church, going to church wasn't a part of my life. And really, once I got to my mid late teens, I, you know, I, I didn't I didn't feel um, that I needed God in my life. I, I kind of rejected it. I did just felt that it wasn't relevant. Might probably might not even be true. Um, and so really that was my early part of my adult life. So so for me, I was the youngest child of six. Mum was from Germany, Dad was from England, and neither had been brought up in a, a Christian family. There was no Christian upbringing for any of them. And so they kind of um, led us the same way in that they had good morals, they were good people, and we all got brought up um, as they thought was the, the right way. So the only time we ever really went to to church was for funerals and weddings. So we got married in 1988. Um, we'd met and we'd um, spent some time together. We actually had uh, two children uh, around that time too. So our oldest Annalise was born in 86 and uh, Emma was in 88. Sally came along in 1995. We had our ups and downs, um, but we felt like we were knew what we were doing somehow and, and, somehow. and we're in control of our lives. Um, in the early 2000s, my sister invited me to an Alpha course, which is uh, it's a course for people that, that are looking for Jesus, that are looking for an introduction into Christianity. So I went to that for about six, eight weeks. It, it, it helped answer some questions in my mind, and it was good to have those discussions. But it, for me, I, I didn't. It didn't get me to the point where um, I really believed in Jesus uh, at that point. Although there was obviously, I look back now, and it was a a start of a journey. God was tugging at my heart and tugging at my rope saying, you, you know, you're going to need me at some point. Well, and for me, I was um, I was a bit confused about all this, that all of a sudden the person that I'd married and was now changing, he was uh, morphing into something else that I couldn't really get my head around that. I couldn't really understand it at all. And I just thought I couldn't see what had been wrong with our life and why, why he was doing something completely different to what, what we'd done the rest of the time. So for me, it was a bit puzzling. Um, I didn't I didn't have that same tug. I didn't have that same pull. And so it kind of put us a little bit at, in, in conflict just because it was difficult for me to understand why, why or what had changed. A little bit of a fast forward, but we come to the end of 2009. I'd been working for a, uh, an American company uh, that in London. So at the end of 2009, was quite exciting, they, they asked me to come to Denver to work on a proposal uh, to, to build the railroad that we all know now, um, links downtown to the airport. What, what turned out to be the downside is that, that we were, Tracy and I were spending the longest periods uh, apart that we'd ever done in our life. So, you know, one month or six week blocks, uh, and then even three months uh, where we were apart and so things in our relationship um, were challenged and, and really started to deteriorate you know I was living apart from the family so I was living what was essentially a, a bachelor lifestyle. So for me um, my world kind of crumbled one day um, when I, I got a phone call I just got home from work I, I got a phone call from Pete saying that he doesn't think he wants to be with me anymore, that um, our marriage was over. Um, my life definitely 
uh, kind of fell to pieces and I, I didn't know, I, I tried to convince him that he wasn't making the right decisions. But um, it just didn't, it just didn't resonate with me. I couldn't understand after being married for 22 years how he could just call up and say, um, our marriage is over. So for me, it was a, it was a very hard word to, to hear. So um, through that summer, then we didn't really talk very much. Um, we talked, you know, there was we talked about getting divorced and moving on, but we we weren't really talking and we didn't really do anything much as such with that, or or talk about reconciling our marriage either. But but around that time, Tracy had a major toothache and and a an abscess and big swelling on the side of her face, and so I wasn't thinking about her a lot I was doing my own thing and then I see a photograph of her with this huge swelling and and a thing about that she has to go to the a dental surgeon um, to have this uh, treatment for her so it just it was a, I look back on it now as a as a god moment but because it just went straight to my heart of oh my gosh like you're not looking after your wife what are you doing you know, God reminded me how much I cared about her. And so, you know, we just started talking to each other about what was going on. And uh, that resulted in, in November, Tracy came out and visited uh, in Colorado. You know, a good, a good time as far as that was concerned. She went home, we were making plans for her to move out, but, but things weren't right in my life and there's still a lot of conflict going on. Um, we still were separated and um, you know, so drinking and drinking excessively was something that, that I did from time to time to kind of give myself peace, which resulted in uh, the beginning of December. Um, I was at a work function. We'd had a big presentation to one of our senior vice presidents. Um, it was a big deal. And then there was a big drinking culture as part of that. Drank a lot of liquor. Um, and then for some reason, I made the decision to drive home. Um, and drove my car out of the parking garage. I got about half a mile down the road and kind of blacked out of the wheel, um, crashed into a fire hydrant, and then was was arrested, you know, some little while later when the police came. There I am in jail, um, and I'm thinking, what on earth am I ever done now, you know? <clears throat> and I prayed pretty hard, and, um, you know, there is something that I've done in my life is when things are not going very well and things are down I do pray and I look back and realize that God answered my prayers every time even when I wasn't even believing in him uh, but this time I, I was just praying and I said oh, I've made such a mess God can you help me can if you get me out of this I promise I'll go to church <laughs> and um, and I, I was sincere about that and but and he did get me out of it because uh, a couple of hours later, my work colleagues found where I was and bailed me out. One of the other complication was that um, that now I've got an arrest and you know some legal action going on. Uh, you can't go home for Christmas. You can't even leave Colorado, let alone leave the country. Um, but I was able to apply to the court and get permission to fly home, so I was still able to fly home. Well, um, when he did come home, we went and we enjoyed um, a New Year's Eve with friends. Um, but there were some things that still weren't right. And in my heart on New Year's Day, 
knowing that I was flying out on the 2nd of January, I still didn't feel like um, I knew whether it was right or not. So uh, in this time, it was still confusing just the day before we were going to be coming. Now, my friends and my family were telling me, don't go, you know, stay where you're safe, stay where you know um, what's going to happen. And that kind of really um, put me in conflict right up until they were asking us to board on the plane on the 2nd of January. So while we're in the airport, I'm still like, I just don't know. In hindsight, that was God saying to me, no, no, you need to just get on the plane. Don't listen to anyone else. You just need to listen to me. And thank goodness I got on the plane and uh, we headed on out. So the first few days in Colorado uh, it certainly didn't go as smoothly as, uh, as we thought. There were some receipts and things that, I mean, I, I never, ever go through receipts and things. I'm probably the worst. But that they were sitting on a table when Pete was at work one day and it was like they were calling me to them and something was driving me on and I was looking at the dates and I was thinking, looking at the areas that these receipts had come from and everything else and I found out that Pete hadn't been honest with me about some things that had happened back in November after we decided to get back together. So it caused a great upset for me um, again and um, at that point when Pete got home from work and I confronted him with these um, he told me the truth. Uh, it wasn't something that I particularly relished, but at that point I said, I can't do this, I'm going home. So my next step was um, we we stayed together that night and uh, I was going to be going home the next day, taking Sally with me, or we were just going to be parting ways. So, I get, so the next day I, I get on the bus um, to go to work and just you know world's in a turmoil just don't just lost really um super you know unhappy and lost and not am i, am I doing the right thing am i not doing the right thing this just feels like a another disaster and i prayed on the bus uh, and i prayed and prayed and then um, the bus was about a couple of mile um, down the road there's a super there's a blizzard going on there was a two foot of snow everywhere and and God just spoke to me right then and just said, get off the bus and go back and fix your marriage. Um, and I was, I was in tears and I did exactly that. I got up and got off the bus and standing in two foot of snow thinking, now what do I do? But, um, Tracy came and picked me up and we spent the day just talking and working through stuff and we resolved to, um, that you know we needed to work harder at this and we needed to fix our marriage and, and that's obviously exactly what we did. So um, we got to uh, March and um, our wedding anniversary came around. Things had been a little bit easier but still not quite not quite right between us. Um, so we decided to go out and have a dinner out and just try and relax and enjoy each other's company which we hadn't really done for a while. We had probably the best talk that we'd had in a long time that just seemed to clear the air. Um, we both felt so much better from it. Just lots of things had changed. So the, the shadow that was hanging over us of um, Pete's DUI 
uh, the process for that had finished and um, Sally had kind of settled into a school now. Things just seemed to be falling into place better. And that, that was a pretty special night and it was just really good. We were just much happier with each other and, and more at peace, I would say, than any time. And we, we walk out and we, we decide to take a bit of a walk along Clear Creek. And then you'll know there's a couple of bridges uh, that cross the creek. We came to a bridge, there were people around, but we came to a bridge and then there was kind of no one around. It's, a, it's hard to explain how this happened, but we, we come to this bridge and there's no one around and we decide to walk over the bridge. And then, and then we see uh, there's an old lady um, pushing a, an even older lady, so it kind of seemed like a, a, a daughter and a mother in their elderly years. Uh, she's pushing the, her mother in a wheelchair across the bridge. So we walk across the bridge and um, we just say good evening to them and, and say hi to them and they say the same back to us. And, um, and then the, the woman who's pushing a wheelchair um, gets a CD out of her bag and gives it to me um, and says, here, this is for you. And I, and I look at it and it's a Christian CD, Christian music CD. Now, I would never would have taken anything like that. I mean, that, that I never listened to Christian music particularly. And, but she gives me this CD and I take it and it, it felt kind of like a gift. It felt like a gift. And, and I was like, wow. And we kind of walk on it, said thank you, and walk on a little bit. And I was thinking, I wonder if I'm supposed to pay for it or something. And I look back and they're not there anymore. And I'm like, well, there's no way they could have got over the bridge that quick. And, but dismissed it. But we look back on it now and think that that was a, a strange event. But they, they just disappeared. So I, I keep this CD and put it in my pocket. And the next day I go to work and it's like, oh, OK, I'm going to listen to this CD. So I, I put it in. It wasn't a, a band or a group or singer that I'd ever heard of. And I, I'd never heard of since either. I put the CD in my computer and I'm working and I listened to it and and the first song's unremarkable um, but the second song I'm listening and I just remember the lyrics just jump out at me and it says um, can you think of a good reason why you wouldn't have Jesus in your life and I'm sitting there thinking um, yeah I can't think of a good reason why I shouldn't have Jesus in my life and I was thinking but I don't know where Tracy is with this. I don't know if she thinks I'm. She probably already thinks I've gone mad. Really, this would confirm it. You know, one evening, I said to Tracy, um, "Look, this is this is something that's happening to me. This is a journey I'm on. I just know that I need to go to church. I've made this promise um, that everything's tugging at me to go this way. Um, I'm reading about it. I'm hearing it." and I know that I need to go to church, whatever happens, I, I have to go there. I've got to start finding out about Jesus and about what all of that entails. When Pete said to me about wanting to um, find a church and that you know he'd been praying, it kind of sat so much differently with me than the first time he told me all of these things when he did his Alpha course, because um, unbeknown to Pete because he was in Denver when we when we split up but um, in desperation one day um, we, when God gave me the gift of the abscess that actually brought us back together I cried out to God um, from my bed I just 
just for him to show me the way, to lead me to where I needed to be, um, how my life was going to look. And God gave me such a peace and a calm feeling at that time that it was, uh, I just can't even describe it. Um, because I'd been in such turmoil over our breakup and everything else, that to have this peace and to know that God was going to take care of me, whether Pete and I got back together or not, was such a, a huge thing to me. So from that time, um, I'd been praying uh, for our marriage. I'd been praying for Pete. And when Pete told me that he would like to find a church and that he'd seen a couple sort of on his bus route to work um, I, I said to him oh, oh hold on you know um, I know exactly the place we need to go I've driven past it since we moved out here um, it's a it's a church with a little white picket fence outside um, beautiful looking place we should go there within about 10 seconds of arriving we knew we were at the right place it's a, just an amazing uh, God's love is in this place and uh, with the people that are here and we um, we just felt so loved and welcomed from the minute we walked in. The church was just so warm. It was like walking into your home. It was the most welcoming place I, I think I've ever come. And I was so fearful about coming here. I, I was terrified of what church was going to look like because if it wasn't a wedding or a funeral I hadn't ever been. Gus and Michelle have been a, an enormous part of uh, just such a key part of our Christian journey both as as church leaders and encouragers but as as great friends. Uh, they uh, were pretty quick to invite us um, round to their house um, you know after we've been coming to the church for a few weeks and um, we also became part of a house church that they were hosting. It was just such a great to be in friendship and in relationship with people that, that are really living out their faith. I'm trying to resist calling out people by name because we'd have to name pretty much everybody in the whole church. So, and I dread to think of, you know, I'd hate to think with people that we miss that mean so much to us because so many people mean so much to us. But I, I think that we have to say that uh, in that group, as well as Gus and Michelle, uh, Christy Yates and Andrea Flack, um, with two people in that house group that we just enjoyed hearing their stories, enjoyed hearing their um, reflections and thoughts about the scripture we were studying, and they just they just exuded. You could just see Jesus' love in them, pouring out of them to anybody who's listening or spending time with them, and we just thought, wow, we want some of that. <laughs> So in, I think it was June 2012, um, Sally and I had decided that we would uh, go with Mike and Katie um, on a visit to Nika. Now, for anyone that knows me, going with people that I don't know that well, um, that I, I, I really struggle. And so for me to have made that decision um, was, was huge. But we, we travelled with the group and it was one of the most amazing experiences of our lives. I think for, for weeks all I could talk to Pete about was what a great experience it was and that if they did it again, we should go again. We were pretty excited to go as a family and we went in 2013 
and we've been many years since to Nicaragua and each and every time it's been an amazing experience it's, and it's been more about you know we go and do things and, and spend time in there but really um, it's the the impacts and effects it has on us and the life-changing things just being uh, spending time with people that are just so um, trusting in the Lord uh, each and every day uh, and face very different much more significant issues than we do being down there with hillside people too and all of the families and people that from hillside that we've been down there with each and every time it's been a amazing experience sharing that fellowship and time with them so the other um eventful thing that happened in our lives in 2013 was that um, we'd reached a, a milestone of 25 years of being married in, in March 2013 and uh, we kind of decided that we wanted to have a bigger wedding than we had for our first one. Our first marriage was a very small affair and apparently I did the wrong thing by wearing navy blue to my own wedding. For our 25th wedding anniversary we decided to renew our vows um, at Hillside. It wasn't just Pete and I in our marriage now, uh, God had become such a major part of that so it wasn't just two of us now, it was uh, three in our marriage and we had um, the most amazing day. Um, our children were all over from England and our grandson was with them. We were truly blessed by um, all our friends being able to come along and witness um, our, our vows all over again. Yeah, Slightly so. different this time around. <laughs> so we look back on our lives as well beyond, you know, all the way back and we're quite amazed that the, the amount of times that God was part of our lives even when we didn't realise it that, that God answered our prayers or our cries for help God was there in our lives somehow because we look back on things that happened and we say how did that happen and now we realise that God was, God was there caring for us and loving us even when we weren't loving him so I hope, hope Gus will forgive me about this little story but Whenever uh, he talks about studying a book of the Bible, whether it's at a small group or whether it's church, um, I'm never surprised when he says, uh, let's study the book of Ephesians, because I think that pretty much nine times out of a ten, that's, that's what he says to study. And that's become a, an important scripture, actually, to, to us. In Ephesians 5, the, the first part of that is God's kind of lays out follow my example um, and then the second part of that scripture is this is my model for your family you know that husbands love wives wives love love husbands and that you're respectful to each other um, and that you put the other's feelings and needs ahead of your own uh, that you're you know you treat your children in a certain way you teach uh, the people that uh, interact with you in a certain way and it's an important scripture to us uh, to because that's how we want to, that's what we're trying to model our lives on and we're trying to um, model our family on them. It's, it's changing the, our family all around us um, and talking about the Bible, talking about God's part in our life is now a conversation we have with all of our children. Um, it changed the relationship with my brother and sister. We, now, we talk about scripture and about experiences with God regularly. We pray for each other. Our children are involved in, in prayer. Uh, you know, even Tracy's larger family, you know, talking about God and about praying for each other or praying for them is, is now part of our lives and they 
they know that and and accept it and and expect it from us and and we get to share and talk with them um, as well. In 2014, actually it was on uh, Tracy's 50th birthday, half century, um, we actually got baptised here uh, at Hillside, actually in the Clear Creek, which was just amazing. Uh, both being baptised on the same day, we were able to share that experience with each other. Back to our early story where we the, we were given that CD on the bridge that was really uh, an important step in our coming to faith. And there we were in the same place uh, three years later, um, being or three and a half years later being baptised. But it's it's been a wonderful um, privilege and experience uh, being at Hillside and we've got to be involved in so many things um, including being part of deacons and and the leadership team here. We're just in so much of a different place than we were when we came here. Hillside's always going to be part of our life wherever we are in the world. One other um, psalm that was important to me that I wanted to share was uh, is Psalm 51. It's one that uh, really I read quite a bit and it's it's David praying to God and saying you know forgive me for my transgressions forgive me for my sins wash me in hyssop you know make me pure uh, and then use my transgressions use my sin and my sinful behavior uh, and your redemption use that uh, with others that are, that are lost I hope that my story is part of that is that please use my my bad decisions and my sin and and my repentance um, to help other people in my family and other people around me to realize their own sin and, and seek repentance and we seek Jesus's love and salvation as well we hope you enjoyed parts of our story um, we we just look back on it and um, are just amazed at the journey we have been along we just love Hillside so much and uh, just so grateful that God brought us here. We're truly blessed by all the people that we've met um, on our journey with Hillside. Uh, God has been so good to us uh, this last 10 years and we, we will truly miss every single one of you. Good job, Tito. <laughs> so much you guys for sharing that with us um, as I was listening to their story it's just such a powerful reminder that even when we don't see God working he's always working and so um, I would just want to pray over us father God God I thank you for that truth that even when we don't see that you're working God you are your Holy Spirit in his and your power are pursuing our lives and our hearts that we may be drawn closer to you. And Lord, I thank you for Pete and Tracy and I thank you for who they are. God, I pray your richest and most abundant blessings on them. God, thank you for them sharing their story with us. And God, now as we worship you, Lord, I just pray that we'd be able to surrender um, who we are and where we're at, the good, the bad, the ugly, and God, that you would root us in your truth, a firm foundation of knowing, Lord, that um, you are working. 
and that you are, um, there's no wasted circumstances with you. So we open ourselves up to you, Lord, and I pray that we could glorify you and draw closer to you now. In Jesus' name, amen.
filled with your power for the glory Jesus name God you're so This is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Sing that, your goodness. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. 
With my life laid down I'm surrendered now I give you everything Your goodness is running after It's running after me All my life All my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so So kind With every breath that I am able I will sing Of the goodness of God All my life All my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so
my wandering. You are joy, you are joy. When the reason that I sing, you are life, you are life. In me, death has lost its sting. And oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares.
and keep you make his face shine upon you be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace lord bless you the lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace
you for your blessing. Thank you that you shower us with your grace and your mercy. God, thank you for uh, just how you show yourself through our stories. God, through our sin and transgressions and how you redeem us, God. save us but you use us so why don't we end with this the Lord bless you and if we uh, uh, Peter we I know Tracy's not here but uh, we just want to sing this over you we won't turn our faces towards you, so it's really awkward, but we're going to sing this over you, okay? So the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his towards you and give you peace. Amen. Be blessed today. Be blessed this week. Have a great one.